0: Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this episode about the book and everyone culture by Robert Keegan and Lisa Leahy. Keep listening to find out why you might not have the bravery or the courage to tackle a deliberately developmental organization. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Good to have you back. Thanks for joining me, whether you're in the car doing the washing up at home, in the kitchen, on the bus, on the train, on the tram, for my Melbourne friends. Whatever you're doing, I really appreciate you being here and joining me. One of the other things I really appreciate is some of the messages you've been sending me. It's been really great to hear from people who have found the podcast through other podcasts or through other people I'm connected with, either on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and a few people who have been giving me little shout-outs recently. Very kind, very generous, and really glad to have a few new listeners stopping by and downloading and getting in touch you're awesome thank you if you are enjoying the podcast a couple of ways you can get involved or get in touch number one is to connect with me on linkedin or on instagram contact details are in the show notes just click the button and hit follow or connect the other way if you would like to leave a little review is on the apple Podcasts app I know, who's even using that anymore? I don't know. But if you are, a little five-star review never goes amiss. Think of it as an early Christmas present or a late birthday present, whatever you prefer. But either way, very much appreciated. So thank you. Now, the book that we're talking about today and Everyone Culture is a book that I read on my first reading week of 2019, which was earlier this year in June. I did that one in Bali. I know, poor me. And it was a book that excited me a huge amount. And even though I was on holiday, taking a nice week off and doing lots of reading, it made me want to jump up, jump on a plane and head back to Melbourne to get back to work because this book is exactly the work that I love. It is all about creating different ways of working and different ways of culture building and different cultures, most fundamentally, in organisations. Now as I've mentioned in a couple of previous episodes I was lucky enough to go to Boston in September and went to the course at Immunity to Change or the facilitators workshop for Immunity to Change by doctors Robert Keegan and Lisa Leahy who are the authors of this book and Everyone Culture. So this is their latest book and it really takes their previous work and previous books that they've written into a new level and a new dimension and a new context of culture. Now, unfortunately, on that program, I didn't get much time to talk to them about An Everyone Culture, but we did have a quick chat about how exciting I found the book and how this made me really excited about the work I do and the work that is has more potential to be done in pretty much every organization, I think it's probably fairly fair to say. And when I talk to teams or talk to people around the work I do, most of the reaction I get is, oh, my company really needs that or my team really needs that or interestingly people saying oh well i work in engineering so obviously we really need that or i work as a lawyer so obviously we really need that and all these fields or or the other one i get a lot is oh well i work in government so we obviously need this particularly when i talk about working with teams to help them be better teams and building cultures so it's quite fascinating that so many organizations are clearly in desperate need of this but nothing or no one seems to really be changing but anyway that's a whole other topic to itself Let's get into a little bit on the book and everyone culture and I'll tell you a little bit more about the authors but also about the book. About the authors and this book actually has about five or six different authors and contributors but the lead authors and the ones I'll be introducing are Dr. Robert Keegan and Dr. Lisa Leahy. Dr. Robert Keegan is the Mian Professor of Adult Learning and Professional Development at the Harvard University Graduate School of Education. The recipient of numerous honorary degrees and awards his 30 years of research and writing on adult development have contributed to the recognition that ongoing psychological development after adolescence is at once possible and necessary to meet the demands of modern life. His seminal books, The Evolving Self and In Over Our Heads have been published in several languages throughout the world. Dr. Lisa Leahy leads the personal mastery component of the path-breaking new doctoral program at Harvard University Graduate School of Education designed to produce the public sector equivalent of the turnaround specialist. A developmental psychologist and educator and co-author of Change Leadership, she led the research team that created the developmental diagnostic, now used around the world for assessing adult meaning systems. That was all taken from Amazon and the book blurb about the authors. A little bit about the book, and this little intro is a little bit longer than normal because I wanted to give a more thorough explanation about the book and the theory within it because whilst the book is a page turner it's also quite heavy in terms of its academicness in many ways so for that reason I want to make sure that to do the book justice and the big ideas and the lessons justice I give the book the full introduction it deserves. Anyway without further ado in most organisations nearly everyone is doing a second job no one is paying them for namely covering their weaknesses, trying to look their best, managing others impression of them there may be no greater waste of a company's resources. The ultimate cost, neither the organisation nor its people are able to fully realise their potential. What if a company did everything in its power to create a culture in which everyone, not just the selective high potentials, could overcome their internal barriers to change and use errors and vulnerabilities as the prime opportunities for personal and company growth? Now you could pretty much stop here and I would be just overly excited and would buy the book but I will go on. Robert Keegan and Lisa Leahy and their collaborators have found and studied such companies or Deliberately Developmental Organizations. A DDO, a Deliberately Developmental Organization, is organized around the simple but radical conviction that organizations will best prosper when they are more deeply aligned with people's strongest motive, which is to grow. This means going beyond consigning people development to high performing programs, exec coaching, or once a year offsites, Yes, please. It means fashioning an organizational culture in which support of people's development is woven into the daily fabric of working life and the company's regular operations, daily routines, and conversations. And everyone culture dives deep into the worlds of three leading companies that embody this breakthrough approach. It reveals the design principles, concrete practices, and underlying science at the heart of DDOs. From their disciplined approach to giving feedback, to how they use their meetings, To the distinctive way that managers and leaders define their roles the authors show readers that how to build this developmental culture in their own organisations the book demonstrates a whole new way of being at work hooray it suggests that the culture you create is your strategy and that the key to success is developing everyone that was also taken from the book blurb on Amazon i put a link in the show notes to find out more about Keegan and Leahy's work at their company Minds at Work, which is where I thought through which I did the facilitator training earlier this year. And it's just hugely exciting. Hopefully you realise how excited I am by this. This is the sort of stuff that I could geek out about forever and have conversations with people about. But for now, we'll talk about the three big ideas. This was very hard to get down to three big ideas talk about the three big ideas I took from the book An Everyone Culture by Dr Robert Keegan and Dr Lisa Leahy. Big idea number one be deliberately developmental. As I mentioned in the intro most people they they talk about are working two jobs the one that is basically covering their back and the one that is doing their job. There is therefore a huge opportunity cost in most organizations as people are too busy covering their backs to then be doing their jobs to their full potential the book is based around adult development theory and the fact or the the supposition that i think it's the first time i've ever used the word supposition that adults can change we don't get fixed when we're 16 17 18 years old and therefore we're stuck as we are but the adults can change with the right focus and the right environment speaking of the environment the one of the big points or underlying principles of a deliberately developmental organisation is that everyone builds the culture. Everyone's role is to embody and strengthen the culture, almost above anything else. They argue that through doing this, the culture becomes your strategy. Because if you align your culture with what your business is there to do and who it is there to serve and the work it is there to do, then the work will be done because it comes with the culture. So it's really flipping on the head the fact that the strategy comes first and then culture comes afterwards or as a result of or is almost by accident sometimes that you can design it. It's all around this idea that organisations should be learning factories in some ways or a learning organisation, one where everyone learns, not just those special people that are sent on that annual retreat or that high potential programme, that everyone has a role in learning. The three organisations are the infamous, for all good reasons, Bridgewater, Ray Dalio's company, Decurion, who are a theatre or a movie theatre company, and NextJump, who are a software company. So three quite different industries, and they talk about how those companies have embedded a deliberately developmental mindset or culture. Now, a couple of those had some intention in doing that and designed it that way or made a bit of a shift towards a deliberately developmental company or organization. But, but for the most part, it was fairly accidental. Many of them weren't that aware of the adult development theory or Keegan and Leahy's earlier work or any other theories around this area. They just knew what good looked like and designed their culture in the way of working around that. Now, one thing to note is, whilst there are lots of examples here you can take away, there isn't a recipe. There's not the, do these five or 10 things and you will have a deliberately developmental organization. Now I talk in idea or big idea number three, a little bit more about some of the criticisms or some of the challenges that you could face. But the idea is that it has to be deliberate. So big idea number one is being deliberately developmental, taking that learning to the next level takes us nicely into big idea number two, which is deliberate design. There is an intense focus on shared design of work process in all of these organizations. There was a comment in the book that I really liked that was these companies have spent a lavish amount of time on designing their processes. And when you look at most organizations, when you look at your own organization, and if you're in charge of your organization, I'm very sorry, if you look at it, the ecosystem many of you not all I'm sure but many of you will not support deliberate development it will not support learning for everyone because the ecosystem does not allow it a lot of the problems I see in organizations are systemic they're down to how organizations sorry or how people are measured rewarded why people are hired how people are hired all the way through that life cycle how people are trained and developed the career conversations they're let's face it probably not having and everything in between it just doesn't work and when you look at the work in these deliberately developmental organizations you'll see that this is has been completely redesigned and re-engineered to support ongoing development to support daily interaction reflection and growth there was a great quote in the book that it says if people are to develop they require the right process both for doing excellent work and their own growth. The processes, the systems, it all has to fit together to support each other. And as I said, it is systemic in nature. Community is also vital and leadership is crucial. This can't, on a whole, this can't just be done in one team because at some point that team has to exist or interact with other teams that will not support that. Now, there are absolutely things that don't don't lose hope because there are absolutely things that you as a team leader or as as a leader in, in some way can absolutely integrate into, let's face it, a broken system. But it will be very hard for you to actually fully embrace, for want of a better word, the deliberately developmental organizational model without the full organization being on board. They talk in the book around, obviously, the the three case study companies. They talk about this idea of the groove, which is your own practices for making it work. This is a couple of different examples that I really liked. Number one uh, was the baseball card system, which they have at Bridgewater. Now, Bridgewater have radical transparency, would be probably fair to say. And If you've read anything about them, you'll know that Bridgewater film all of their meetings, every single meeting. The only ones that aren't filmed and recorded are the ones that have highly sensitive client information being talked about. Not only are those meetings filmed, but they are all uploaded to a shared drive, which anyone can access. So CEO and Chair Ray Dalio, if he's in a meeting, anyone can watch that meeting. If it's an exec meeting, anyone can log in and watch that after it's been recorded. Not only that, but anyone can then give feedback to anyone who was in that meeting on how they performed and behaved in that meeting. So there was an example in the book where someone, someone fairly junior, emailed Ray and said, Ray, I watched the video of this particular meeting you had, and I thought you let your ego get in the way. Now that not only shows that they have a very different concept of feedback, but also that this is rewarded and encouraged. And actually, on the flip side, if someone didn't give feedback to someone, when they knew that something wasn't right, that is a problem. Because you have consciously undermine the culture that they're trying to build and this would be an issue so the baseball card system is kind of like top trumps for my british friends who are listening the baseball cards or some kind of trump cards or playing cards or sports cards where you've got different skills things to rely on and things to watch out for so everyone has a card and it's got all your skills or your strengths that you can rely on and things that people should watch out for Different people get then scores for these. So if I had a really high score for communication, for example, and I gave someone some feedback, my feedback based on my strong communication score would be valued more greatly than someone who had a low score for, for communication and gave someone else some feedback on communication. I know, it's pretty radical. At Next Jump, one of the other case studies, they have talking partners. So every day you would get up and you'd have breakfast or coffee with your buddy or your talking partner, debrief the day before and then look forward to that day ahead and think about how am I gonna improve things? How am I gonna tackle this particular thing? How am I gonna do better than I did yesterday? So this constant reflection, which is critical to ongoing learning. Finally, at Jacurian, who are the movie theater company, they have a competency board which becomes almost the holy grail of competency and performance so in their huddle room or wherever they do their their team meetings this competency board is up and it's got everyone who works in that particular theater and what they're good at and what well mainly actually what they're working on because a lot of this is actually about what you're working on to improve rather than what you're already good at now those of you who are proponents of a strength-based approach I'm not arguing with that so I think there's certainly a place for that but I also very much see the value in the deliberately developmental approach possibly more so i'd say anyway that competency board has got what everyone's working on and in their debriefs or in their team meetings or throughout the shift they'll come back to that board they'll give each other feedback on how people are working on those competencies from what they've observed so far in the shift give feedback if there's things that they saw someone do that could have been done better and award people if they say actually no you've nailed that one now i've seen you now several times Serve the popcorn. Um, Sorry, I'm just picking one. Serve the popcorn in a really good way. You've now got your popcorn competency. Obviously, their competencies are much more in depth than serving popcorn, but clearly, I've never worked in a cinema before. This shows again the the true and open vulnerability that comes with working in one of these organisations. It is all laid bare. Everyone knows what you're working on to improve, and how they can help you. And the important thing is how they can help you to achieve that. It obviously involves challenging a lot of assumptions and it can be pretty rough, which brings us to big idea number three. But first, big idea number two, deliberate design. Big idea number three, as I mentioned, it was so hard to pick three, but big idea number three is it's not fluffy. As you have probably realised so far, this is not for the faint of heart. There's a quote in the book that says it's hard. There's scratches and bruises along the way. It's fairly confronting and there's I think there's many people out there and maybe you're one of them who think oh it's soft to focus on people and growth and why would you do that instead of strategy which is hard and that's like business but I think you'd struggle to find many CEOs or leaders who would be brave enough to take on a deliberately developmental organization approach or a DDO approach because this stuff is not soft this is not fluffy this is Wow, it's true growth it's true learning isn't it it's finding those really uncomfortable things and working on them it's focusing on the real work it's focusing on where the biggest impact is going to be and it's focusing on what needs to change and where you need to get better constantly which is tiring and relentless and there is obviously stories in the book where that didn't work for people and people who have gone to work in other places and then couldn't hack the fact that no one was speaking honestly and no one was developing themselves and people weren't contributing to the culture and they were letting things slide which fundamentally they didn't feel was okay and was apathetic and and lost some impact and ended up trying to find or going back to where they came from to into the deliberately developmental organizations now if this is something for you and you're jumping out of your seat or you're jumping up and down in the kitchen doing the washing up thinking yes this is exactly what i've been looking for i really do recommend reading the book as I mentioned, it's not a light read. The case studies are deep and in depth, and the style of writing, probably naturally, given the authors, it can be quite academic in places, particularly the stuff upfront around adult development theory. The case studies, though, are really interesting, and if you're into culture and you're a bit of a geek around this stuff, as I am, you will love it because you probably haven't seen or experienced or even read much about companies who are doing things radically differently. That was big idea number three, it's not fluffy. If this is the type of thing you want to embed into your own team, I wouldn't recommend just going in and being like, right, you need to work on this and you need to work on that and you're not very good at these things. That's not really the approach of a deliberately developmental organisation. Whilst that might look like it's on the tin with their radical transparency and openness, there obviously does need to be a fundamental trust and that, again, comes out quite clearly in the case studies as well, thinking on the basis that everyone who has been hired in this belief and this trust, that everyone who has been hired, and again, they approach hiring often quite differently as well, but everyone who has been hired is there because they are capable to do the job they have been hired to do and they would not be there otherwise. Now, again, you would hope that everyone has that approach in their organisations, but I can tell you that that is not the case, as you probably already know. This trust then sets the tone for a DDO to work and operate. That and the process and the systems that need to exist, again, for that systemic operation to to hum along. There are however things you can do, and I would would obviously suggest that you look at your systems and your processes, but you actually bring your team on the journey as well, maybe all grab a copy of the book and read it together and think about what else you could or what you would like to bring in individually or to as a team which of the case studies did you like the most which of the ones really appealed and which ones did you think actually no that's a bit too much that doesn't work for us because as i mentioned earlier this isn't a recipe you can't just pick up okay here are the the 10 steps to becoming a ddo but there is lots of inspiration in the book of things that you might want to use borrow tweak adapt for your team Again, as a leader, you can definitely apply some of the skills and some of the attributes of a deliberately developmental organization or a DDO leader by having honest conversations, by talking to your team about development. If you've read the book, if you like these ideas, I'd love to have a geeky chat with you about it. My contact details, as usual, are in the show notes, so please get in touch and we can chat more. Equally, if you've listened to this and you're horrified by the idea of a DDO, let me know too. I'd love to know why and have a geeky chat with you about that as well. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading.